This is Paul. This is Wayne. And I am Andrew. So I had some time this morning and, uh, you know, just got a jump on making breakfast. And so I, I was making some some Mexican potatoes to go with uh, the breakfast tacos I'm going to make after we podcast. And the house now smells of, uh, you know, chili powder and and onions and garlic and, and just all kinds of wonderful. I don't know why they don't make you know, air fresheners that smell like this, because this mm. is a, a wonderful, wonderful smell. Because then you'd be hungry all the time. I am starving. It, We've got to make this show fast. It's, it's like I'm that cologne hungry. that smells like bacon. I'm <laughs> kind of hungry just hearing you talk about them getting kind of hungry, right? right? Exactly. <laughs> Typically, the only thing I have time to do is grumble and complain about having to be up this early. This is true. I'm at 20 minutes after four this morning. Yeah. What? Why? Twenty minutes after four. Well, Why? because I told Wayne that I would uh, watch <laughs> Superman and Lois this morning before we record. Yeah, it's not, not realizing that, that what, <laughs> not realizing that what he told me was that uh, he was in reference to the CW comic, not the CW television well, show. Because I sat in front of my DVR this morning. Well, where is it? Aaron, God damn it, Wayne. <laughs> Aaron, you know I'm all about blaming Wayne for things, but in this case, I don't think that show's three hours long. It's not. But, <laughs> but it, he had to make I, the Mexican potatoes. It woke me up thinking, oh, I need to go watch that. And, and you know, I was sitting there, my brain was running. I'm like, oh, go watch the show. And then I, I couldn't do it, so I went and made Mexican potatoes. You know, <laughs> I wonder about something now. So Comicsology mm. is the horrible Kindle app now, but the books are in our Kindle library too. Yeah. In right. Kindle you as can Tony Ma- as Tony Mast so eloquently expressed. Kindle lets you loan books out. I wonder if we can loan comics to each other. You know, no, we, th- we we talked about that the first week and it wasn't working, but you know, maybe it, it is working now. We'll, we'll we'll have to check it out. Right. Yeah, Paul and I tested this way back when. It in in I think you're saying that wrong, Wayne. How are you pronouncing the name of that that uh, comic book app? How do you say that? Kindle. No, the other one. Comicsology. Yeah, I feel like isn't isn't it technically pronounced Kindleology? <laughs> called Suckology is what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, speaking of things that suck, um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I'm a big fan of Bone. I mean, who isn't a big fan of I mean, the comic book I mean... Bone? <laughs> Jeff Smith comic book Bone. You know, the epic, like, 60-something issue series. Yeah. Um, you know, indie darling. You know, won tons of awards. You know, huge, huge hit. Um, well-deserved awards. Yeah, well-deserved. Damn good. Yeah. Um, I mean, truly one of the best comics, in, uh, you know, probably of all time. But, god damn it, he just can't get a movie made. So a while back... <laughs> He had a deal with Nickelodeon to make a movie. But Nickelodeon wanted to have Britney Spears do the music, turn it into a musical, blah, blah, blah. They had creative differences. They parted ways. Nickelodeon said no. Then Warner Brothers picked it up. And it never happened. Just basically never came to fruition. And then Netflix picked it up and said, you know what? We're going to do a series. You know, Jeff Smith even posted last year that we, you know, because of COVID, people had availability that they didn't think would have availability. And he was able to get his dream team to work on the series. Well, then Netflix announced that they would be cracking down on password sharing. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, because they, they said it's, you know, it's an epidemic, you know, too many people password sharing, you know, we're going to crack down on it, blah, 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 implement tools so that people can't do this thing. Well, their stock dropped like a rock. Their subscriber base continues to drop. People are not happy about it. 
Yeah, they and, lost over like 200,000 subscribers in well, no time at all. Part of that, though, is because they lost 750,000 subscribers because they cut off service to Russia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah. So, I mean, that's part of the big, big drop. And yeah, the, and ever since they released that, that I guess, what, first quarter uh, numbers on their streaming services, their stock has dropped because yeah. um, they are yeah. down to about 200,000 uh, well, in the first quarter. And with password sharing, I mean, maybe they lost 200,000 subscribers. That means they probably lost 800,000 viewers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and what's stupid is, you know. Prime already plans for that. They're like, you want a family plan? Fine, fuck it. Here you go. It's two dollars more. You can share it with up to six people. Like, you know, Apple Prime, TV though, does the same thing. You know, the thing with Prime though is it is much less dependent on that as its sole source of revenue. You know, being Fair. part of right. Amazon, it has right. many, many other. You know, it's, it's a family of of services that they're generating in uh, revenue off of. We Whereas call that Netflix, synergy. Yeah, yes. synergy. Netflix. Yeah. Netflix excel. Netflix is selling one thing. Yeah, fair point. For, for years, Prime was a str- the streaming service wasn't even something I used. It's just something I got with Prime until until I got a smart TV. And even then, I don't think I would subscribe just to it as a streaming service. Yeah, I would yeah. subscribe to the overall service, and it's one of the features. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. But you know, Netflix, in order to you know soften the blow of the subscriber loss and you know the stock loss. They just basically cut out a crap ton of their upcoming animation um, projects, including mm. Bone. So now there mm. is no more Bone show coming from Netflix. So um, there's a bunch of other it. stuff that they got that got cut, but Bone was the the big one. Um, bone got the bone. Bone got what the I, bone. Sure. What I'm hearing is Paul is a little depressed this morning because there's no bone. He's getting no bone. Yeah. Yeah. No boning for him. No bone. Well, considering how they've done some of their adaptions, it might have been a bad bone. Maybe. It's always a chance, though. Yeah. yeah. But even and a I bad bone that. is still a bone. Did you guys see <laughs> that uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness has been banned in Saudi Arabia? I did no. see this. Yeah. Why, was, why yeah. was this? Uh, they're saying that it's probably because of the LGBTQ sub- subject matter in in the movie. Yes, um, there is a homosexual and, and, character in the movie. Um, yeah, and you know they, 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 that's just not something that they're fans of over there. And you know, so, I, going my, forward, they're going to have to ban a lot of movies. Yeah. Well, my thought is that if you're offending the Saudi monarchy, you're probably doing something right. Yeah. So fair. And uh, it looks like it's going to get banned in Kuwait as well. So. I thought that was interesting. So that here's so here's the bad thing about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. <sighs> I'm not going to be in town when that movie comes out. No, where I'm are gonna, you going to be? I'm going to be in Nashville, Tennessee that week. And they don't have theaters there. They no. have theaters, but we're going to be with people who don't care about Marvel movies. What <sighs> did you have to spend you know, all you your time saying? with them? <laughs> I mean, in theory, when you travel with someone, but you know, I feel I I, I, I will find. I think I'm gonna find a way. I'm gonna find. I mean, a is way. this for your bachelor party, Paul? What's this trip for? Um, Jen is going for work, and I'm just ta- I'm I'm the hanger honor for so the uh, free hotel room. With you are are the people traveling? Are these work people? Well, we she we have some friends meeting us um, that weekend. So oh, okay, all right. It, it's a big weekend. It is not only Doctor Strange. It's also Free Comic Book Day. It's also, yeah. the Kentucky Derby. Mm. The, the Derby. The Derby. Go for a, go for a midnight showing. It's not yeah. a bad idea. 
That's what I would do. I'm too old for midnight showings. What are you talking yeah, about? That true. <laughs> that this, is, this is like this isn't 2010. <laughs> Andrew, if we're doing what I would do, I've traveled with family before when a movie was coming out, and I just went to the movie anyway. Uh, I mean, that's also a possibility. Yeah, I don't know this relationship going on here, but I, I would certainly just go to a late movie. And Aaron, if you can get up at 4 a.m. to watch Lois and Superman, uh, I'm pretty sure you could just uh, go to bed at 2 and sleep till, I don't know, 8. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. This kind of reminds me of the conversation of when Tim um, did a podcast <laughs> from the car because he was on family <laughs> vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Oh, that's good times. I missed him. <laughs> so, so I mean, you know, I, I, I'm sure I will find a way, but uh, I, I, I'm not going to wait till streaming. Obviously, for Doctor Strange, I, I feel like if I wait even 15 hours after that movie release, it's going to get all spoiled. Yeah, but spoiled. Aaron, you know, you, I mean, there's not that there was anything to spoil in the Batman per se, but you, you have. Finally, been able to watch the Batman. I shouldn't say That's finally. Right. Like it, 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 it wasn't H- long at all. It uh, hit HBO Max this week, and mm-hmm. so I, uh, I I started it Wednesday. <laughs> started it Monday, finished it Friday, and oh, I, I finished it this morning. I finished it this morning. I had some time, and uh, <laughs> you know, I, what, what I think the big secret was, what I think the thing that that no one spoiled for me was what a sh- piece of shit this movie is. Boy, <laughs> wow. I hated this movie with everything I had. Yeah, I, I, can't uh, go, uh, I can't go that far. I can't say I hated it. I thought it was, oh, I thought it was decent. God, I, yeah. I loved it. I wouldn't say love. I, I, th- I thought it was a, I, okay. No, <laughs> I full on loved it. I think it's one of the best live-action Batmans we've had. Uh, wow. Well, so I, you I, you and Wayne I, are, are polar opposites. <laughs> so tell us why you hated it, I thought it, it was stunningly bad. Um the number one, uh, Robert Pattinson, uh, I did not connect with him at all at any level, uh, either as Bruce Wayne or as Batman. Uh, you know, I get that we're showing a, a Batman who's young in his career and still figuring it out. Uh, but I just I, I just never got any level of charisma from him. You know, Bruce Wayne should be a magnetic personality. And, yeah, he's going through some stuff at that point in his life. But there should be something magnetic about him. And he's just playing gloomy. Um, the 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 film is so incredibly dark visually in the first 45 minutes that you struggle to go, what in the world's going on here? Um, the car chase uh, that occurs, you know, Batman chasing Penguin happens for no reason at all. Batman gets up, goes and gets in his car, revs his engine to encourage the Penguin to get in his car so that he can then show off the Batmobile uh, to chase Penguin around Gotham. Oh, it yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. Now, nice that one I will, completely give, I will completely give you that one. Yeah, the agreed. car chase was put in just for action. Well, it and didn't you need even, to happen. And it led to a lot of civilian death. Yeah. yeah, and you don't even really get a good look at the Batmobile. And this blows my mind. There is a really cool setup with the Batmobile, you know, uh, putting thrusters into overdrive and, you know, leaping the big wreck that the penguin causes and emerging out of the flames. But you only see it in penguins rearview mirror instead of it being full on the screen. I was super frustrated by that. And I got to tell you, if you want to see a really good car chase done right, Watch this season of Picard. 
because you know Rafi and Seven have a much better car chase in that in in that episode than Penguin and Batman did here. There is no chemistry between Catwoman and Batman. There is oh, I no completely re- disagree with that. Yeah, uh, there is none. No chemistry yeah. at all. They do. There not. is a ton of chemistry. I'm gonna feel way on this one. Yeah, I completely disagree. There, there is a difference between her being, you know, an attractive woman uh, heating up the screen versus the two of them heating up the screen. I just don't think they did. I just, I thought this movie was flat. Um, I, I'm not. I enjoyed when Riddler gets unmasked and the conversation at the end of the movie between he and Batman. I thought that was well done. But everything else about this movie was just too much, but yet not enough. You know, they made a big damn deal about Andy Serkis being Alfred and then do almost nothing with him. I do agree with uh, that. I, I mean, I, 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 I sat in this movie. I, <laughs> I watched this movie going, this is terrible. This is terrible. And the whole thing was just terrible. So that's my review. I, 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 this this movie stunk the place up. And I won't say it's the worst Batman movie because, you know, there's George Clooney. But okay. <laughs> uh, it's a really it, – of the modern Batman movies, of the Batman movies that have been made since uh, uh, Christopher Nolan, I got to tell you, I thought Robert Pattinson was awful. So you yeah. liked it. I'm going to dis- disagree with you, man. Uh, I thought Robert Pattinson, he is a different type of Batman. He's definitely more of the broody, yep. quiet, silent one. But I, I I enjoyed it. I mean, he's not the high charisma. He's the young, uncertain, uh, yeah. you know, still kind of consumed with guilt and anger, uh, Bruce Wayne. Um, but I thought he did a fine job of it. And I'd, certainly I, I wouldn't say he's one of the worst of the modern ones. He's not my favorite, no. But uh, like he, he's somewhere in the middle for me. Um, yeah, I've. I found the movie refreshing. It showed us things from Batman that we haven't seen before on screen. Now, there were some issues with it. Like, the car chase scene oh, was yeah. not needed. Nope. And it was not a good addition. I don't like Batman walking through the Iceberg Lounge in full costume. Like, I wanted to see him sneak into it instead. But my complaints are minor compared to Aaron's hatred of it. Yeah, no, there were some issues, but uh, it, it wasn't, I, I didn't hate it. I, I thought it was pretty, again, it was decent. It wasn't, wasn't a great movie. Yeah. It wasn't a bad movie for me. I thought it was, I thought it was decent. I will give it a decent. Out of the, you know, I the, the one thing that I will wholeheartedly agree with Aaron is that since Christian Bale was introduced, this is probably the worst Batman movie. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, well, I, since, Dark, since Dark Christian Knight Bale... Rises, Dark Knight Rises with Bane was just horrid. No, I like that. That was an unwatchable piece of trash. (laughs) I I would say say Dark Knight Rises was decent. There's this whole thing of him digging himself out of this hole in some Middle Eastern country and then suddenly being back in in Uh Gotham. I still have a lot of issues. You have an issue with people who heal quickly. (laughs) (laughs) That last Christian Bale one was just unwatchable trash. It. Yeah, no, it, it took the first two incredible movies and wrapped them up into a pile of garbage and tossed it out on the. I feel like street. what we are talking. I think I, I feel like what this is, this conversation should lead to, unless we forget, is <laughs> it feels like this should lead to some type of Batman movie conversation about Ooh. all the Batman movies and how we rank them. Uh-huh. Ooh, and, and, and rank the Ooh. actors who played the Batman. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. this feels like this. This feels like a, 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 like this conversation deserves an hour of time. 
I feel like this could be something for Patreon, our Patreon backers for our, our only fan content. For, yeah, or our, uh, our fee-paying member site. Yeah. Uh huh. Well, yeah. and the, we need not just Batman. We need Bruce Wayne, because when it comes to Batman or Superman, you can have an actor that just nails the civilian identity, but doesn't live up to the superhero. Yeah, yeah I mean, like you know, Clooney and Kilmer were great Bruce Waynes. Yeah. Yeah, they were, agree. you know, sub subpar Batman. Actually, I don't let's know not, not spoil. Let's not. Let's not. Yeah, let's yeah. Let's, yeah, don't, let's not give it away for free, uh, Aaron. That, yeah. Teaser. <laughs> but Aaron, you know, after hearing your hatred, I, I I did click over to Rotten Tomatoes. The Batman. Uh, the 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 critics call it eighty six percent fresh, and the audience gives it an eighty seven percent. Yeah, I got to tell you, I, uh, you know, I, certainly your mileage may vary, but I thought that it was a a great big steaming piece of crap. Well, yeah, I, uh, I I mean, I I do, I do I do not imagine a world in which I watch it again, and that's saying something for me. I I, I mean, I, I just I yeah. We're just going to have that shit playing on repeat in the background at ManCon. There it is. Yeah, we are. (laughs) Now, now you hated Batman. Uh, What did you think about this week's Moon Knight? Did you hate it as well? I made a commitment last week that I wasn't going to watch any more Moon Knight until all the Moon Knights had had dropped. And what happened? What made you backtrack? What made you flip flop? I'm a weak, weak man. And, uh, you know, my friend, uh, you know, Andrew was was, uh, you know, priming the pump. In our chat, going well. What about that last fifteen minutes, guys? My God, dang it, Andrew! So I, I watched it, and God, I hate this show. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really hate this show. Um, I gotta I, say, uh, I didn't hate this show, but those uh-huh. last fifteen minutes were awful. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't care about being spoiled, so I went out and read articles about what the last fifteen minutes were because I just don't care. Yeah, yeah, I, I, this uh, is. I, I don't care for the show and I hope I, I, I really want it to be good. Cause I like the character of moon Knight, but I don't like where it's going. I don't like what it's doing. Uh, the, <laughs> the scenes in the tomb, uh, this week and the, the squishy sounds I thought were a little much for a Disney oh, show. It was great. I mean, I know I did. I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong, but I, I'm always mindful when I'm watching one of these Marvel things on Disney that, you know, the platform was sold as, you know, family friendly, all ages, yada, yada. And I'm just very mindful that, you know, the squishy dark sounds that we were hearing uh, with the uh, the clicker thing that was taking the guy apart, I, I think would really bother uh, children of a certain age. But, you know, I very much enjoyed that part. Um, I, I there were some things that I thought worked in the episode uh most of that was the the byplay between uh Layla Layla yeah Layla and Steven um but man I didn't think that last 15 minutes worked at all now the uh um I've been enjoying the series there are some things that bug me like the the, the way the costume appears but overall I've been I've been enjoying the, the series uh, but the last 15 minutes which which I don't know if we want to spoil it the last 15 minutes was you can spoil awful, it for us especially like, I don't care. while staying more the the, the audience, but um, the audience, yeah. Paul's like, screw those guys. Yeah, screw those guys. They've seen it by now. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll spoil it. We'll spoil it. Uh, so if you don't want to know, go. You know, come back after you watch it. So uh, you know, he gets shot. Uh, uh, Stephen Grant gets shot. Uh, I guess at that point, it's Mark Spector. Uh, gets shot. He he goes down and then goes to black and then he wakes up and he's in a mental institution. 
Um, and he's being the the uh, oh, uh, Ethan Hawke character is, is the kind of head psychiatrist who in psychologist a surreally there. lit sanitarium. So yes. it's it's a it's a dream space after life, something otherworldly sort of space. It's very brightly lit. It's you yeah. know maybe it's otherworldly, maybe it's just I don't know. But right. it, it it was a little unclear when he first woke up. And you know all the people are from the show are there. Uh, not all, a lot of them. Like Layla's there, Ethan Hawke's there. All the main characters are are playing roles in this this mental institution. Um, and it was kind of silly. Uh, it yeah. was a little goofy. It, they did not. I feel like if they taken a more serious tack about him questioning his sanity at that point, it would have come off better. But it was more, it was just more just silly. Uh, and then the very last thing happens is when I believe that was Ahmet, right? With the hippo. Uh huh. Oh no, Ahmet's a crocodile. Yeah. So this hippo, this anthropomorphic hippo, who I assume is some sort of Egyptian god, a deity, yeah. uh, shows up. They open a door, and it's this kind of puppet-like looking. Uh huh hippo it was not like a serious take on on portraying like like you know the conchu portrayal that we've right. seen it's kind of a, a hard it's like pretty rugged yeah, yeah. this yeah. is like it's a puppet version of of this hippo deity yeah uh, i mean it could very well be a children's show version yes. of 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 the, the 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 god they're depicting it, yeah, and I saw this, pictures of it, and it looked horrible. And yeah. She has this silly, high-pitched voice. Yeah, like Henrietta Hippo. Yes, exactly <laughs> like that. It, was I, it, it perhaps was Henrietta Hippo? Review coming right at you. So it was, it was, it was, it, it was bad. I, I mean, I'm gonna keep watching. There's only two episodes left, but I, well, I, they lost me there. I feel like I was supposed to have a a a big humorous response when Stephen and Mark, you know, scream. Yeah. And I was just like, I, 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 my literal response was, what the hell? I mean, I, I they did a, somebody engineered uh, a, a hype campaign that the last 15 me- uh, minutes of episode four are fantastic. And I think they did themselves a disservice because I walked away from that going, if that's the best this, se- this series has to offer, maybe I should just stop watching altogether. Well, it was and certainly when, a startling. And when is Kenobi dropping? Right. <laughs> it was certainly a startling last 15 minutes uh, that kind of broke the mold of the show. But uh, yeah, it was not good in my opinion, especially well, I, since. Oh, good. I was just going to say it does, does beg the question: How does Steven slash Mark get out of this? Given that they were shot twice in the chest, and because Konshu is imprisoned, they had mm-hmm. he has no powers. Yeah. So well, the uh, the goddess that walked in is. Uh, I'm guessing it's, I, I do not know how to pronounce this, uh, Tarit. Basically, that's a Egyptian goddess of not just birth, but rejuvenation. Mm. So my guess is the crazy childish looking hippo thing is going to heal him. Well, I, I it just kind of broke the show, especially since I've, I've been rewatching The Magicians. And there's an episode, a similar type of episode in the first season of Magicians where, uh, you know, Quentin wakes up in an asylum and you know everybody's there playing roles in the asylum and 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 there is really well done and mm-hmm. and you, you've seen it in other shows it's not an yeah. uncommon trope um you were there and you were there but this was not this was not that great it, it was yeah it, it kind of no, definitely a low point in the show yeah yeah so paul you got to get caught up you got to get caught yeah. up paul. <laughs> I, I could, I'm, I'm psyched uh, i will certainly get caught up before the final episode i'm gonna watch i'm gonna finish the stupid thing um, I I think I'm gonna continue just reading people's reviews of it that give the details because it's less painful. 
I tell you, Aaron, Wayne, the part up until the last 15 minutes, I was really enjoying. I, you know, I will say that the 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 archaeology, you know, Tomb Raider sort of aspect of the show that, on, on the uh, fourth episode was fun, right? Uh, when he discovers Alexander's sarcophagus, because, you know, when he says, this is in Macedonia, Macedonia, and I'm like, is that Alexander? I mean, and it was nice that, you know, the character says the same thing I said, you know, yeah. just a moment later. I mean, those are always kind of, you know, rewarding moments when you're watching a show. So the but, show actually started to improve until the last 15 minutes? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I would say that's true. Because, <laughs> you know, funny. Aaron had talked about how he was like, they keep moving the cheese, moving the cheese. Well, this yeah. episode, they get to the cheese uh, and it was good. And then the last 15 minutes happened, you're like, what the hell? They slap this? it right out of your hands. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they just, you know, dig it out of your mouth, the finger. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <sighs> well, I let Let's cleanse our palate, guys. There's an all-new Marvel role-playing game that uh, came out this week. We got the the the, uh, the playtest sampler that you could buy for ten bucks. So uh, Wayne, Andrew, I know you guys have already started poking around in it. Tell us all about the Marvel role-playing game. Wayne, since you're running this game for us, what do you? Think? <laughs> yeah. So I've read through almost the entire book at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a from a the standpoint of it being a playtest, what that basically means is there's a lot of powers not in it yet. There's a it's not doesn't feel like it's missing anything other than more options. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the core mechanics are all there. Exactly. Uh, the core mechanics are the D616 system hmm. where you have three D6s. One of them, they want you to use a different color or preferably their Marvel dice when they start selling them. Uh you want to roll sixes on the two regulars, but you want to roll a one on the Marvel dice because when you roll a one, it counts as a six. And if you are successful in getting six, one, six, then it's a like, I can't remember what they call it, like an ultimate, ultimate fantastic result. Exactly. <laughs> Good things happen. If you roll all ones, horrible things happen, even though you got a one on the Marvel dice. It's called botched. Yep. Uh, There are some interesting things in the system. There are some things that I have a few complaints as I kind of dug into it. Uh, But I want to hear Andrew before I get into complaints. To tag on, and and you've you've gotten farther than I have. I've gotten through the first, I think, three or four chapters. um, But I have not gotten all the way through. So, uh, you know, certainly one of the highlights of this book is that you can make your own characters, which was something that was missing out of the Margaret uh, Weiss uh, version that I think Cam Banks did. That's exactly why I didn't like that version. Yeah, a lot. Of, it's a common complaint. I think Aaron has the same issue with it. Yeah, but, I do. Yeah, but but the core mechanics is interesting. So it's three d six. You add your numbers together. You add your relevant uh, ability. Essentially, uh, higher number is better. So you know, on your two regular dice, what number you roll is what number you get. Uh, on your Marvel dice, both the six in the Marvel side, the one essentially, both count as sixes. Unless you roll a, all th- three ones, you know, if you roll two ones in the Marvel dice, then that's your botch. So it kind of throws off, you know, usually on a three d six, your your kind of the peak of your your curve there is around uh, t- ten and eleven. 
But with that one, that Marvel side on the the Marvel dice always counting as a six, unless you throw three ones, that kind of pushes up the average to, you know, more around 12, 13. So it's it's an interesting dice system. I think it's a little hokey. They call it D616, but I, I right. get it. It's marketing. It's branding. Uh, yeah. It's branding. Uh, and they get to sell some extra, you know, cool dice, right? Uh, and I love how they make a point in the book, like, you know, eventually we're going to have our own dice for you to buy. But until then, <laughs> just use a different colored one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but once we make them, go buy them. Uh, I like so character creation. I, I like how they have divided it out to an archetypes. So, you know, they have these different. One of the first things you do when you're when you're building your, your character is to look at, well, what what archetype do I want? Do I want to be a, you know, what they call a blaster? Do I want to be a polymath? Do I want to be a bruiser? Do I want to be a genius? Do I want to be a protector? And then, you know, because the powers may be the same power. So you may have, uh, you know, uh, the telekinesis or telepathy or mental powers, but depending on kind of which archetype you fit in, those powers are going to be utilized in different ways uh, and, and are going to be best when used that in ways that align with your archetype. So I think that's a cool way of differentiating between two people who both have the ability to control fire, let's say. Um, so that's pretty neat. Uh, well, there's actually a lot of things that, that kind of send me back to the TSR version of it with as far as like the different origins, uh, you know, altered human, mutant, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. technological, uh, what's it called? Augmented. Um, I like the karma system in there. I don't know if you've gotten far enough to read it. I, I have. It's different from the karma system in the TSR days, uh, but it is cool. So yeah, it's kind of like Benny's where you can get it for doing any number of things, do an excellent job role-playing, you know, rescue someone, all kinds of things. But you can spend it either to help yourself or to hurt the thing that you're fighting. Yeah, it's so it, it, each time you spin a point, uh, you cause a reroll. So if you're spinning one of your rolls, you reroll one of your dice. If you're spinning it, if you're being attacked or affected by an enemy's attack, you can spin one to make them reroll one of their dice. And you can only spin the key thing. You can only spend one point of karma on each roll. Uh, so that gives you a little bit of, um, uh, it makes you a little less susceptible to unlikely dice rolls. Um, so, but Wayne, uh, you know, there's a lot here I'm excited about. What, what did you, what were you not excited about? So I found when I dug into their example characters, I was noticing a few things. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at, say, Susan's, uh, not Sue, but uh, Storm, they picked the protector archetype for her. Mm-hmm. Not what I would have picked, but when I think about the characters that they describe as protectors, it's like Sue Storm, Storm, Doctor Strange for some reason. I guess I can kind of see that. But a lot of those are characters that they're incredibly powerful, but they physically are not. So I think it, I would probably put them more like in blasters. But your archetype determines your base health. You can adjust that with your resilience, but when I'm looking at like the health counters, I don't think protectors should be at the same as strikers, the people that are the frontline fighters. It just seems like they should be more lined up with the uh, with like the the blaster or the genius or one of those that is physically weaker. That can do a lot of damage. Yes, and I think that's part of it. When as I'm looking through. It's the weird, like the health is the one that's really bugging me because there's a lot of you get you pick your character, you pick your you know, you pick your archetype and then you have ranks and that's how they're doing, you know, differences. Yeah. Well, not just levels, but differences in powers. So they say in there specifically, 
if you're playing, say, Spider-Man, you're going to be locked in at rank 10, maybe 15 at the highest, but you're not going to really get more powerful than you're never going to reach a Thor that's a rank 20. And that makes sense, but it also means if you do what they're kind of suggesting of having these different ranked characters, you're going to have health all over the place. Like anywhere from a rank 10 being 60, a rank 10 being 90, to a rank 15, 135 health, 200 health. Yeah, you need to see how it actually works in, in practice. Yeah, I need to see it play out because there are some things about it that it just seems like this is a game that requires some balance and I I don't know how the balancing is going to work. So I need to actually see this play out. A few things just don't strike right on paper, but the approach is interesting. And I do like what I've read so so far of it. There are some interesting ways they're handling things like, uh, say, for example, Wolverine's regeneration, you know, his healing factor. How that works is after every round, he heals up to his rank. So if he's ranked 10, he gets 10 health points after every round. Nice. Uh, Captain America has a has a pool that's called uh, I Can Do This All Day. And you can use your focus to heal yourself. Basically spend some of your other attributes on health to just keep fighting and push through it. So there's some interesting mechanics they've done there. Uh, I'm sure when the full system comes out, I'm going to buy it as well to get all of the other powers. But we didn't really talk about the powers are ranked into groups as well. So when you get into the powers, there's like a flow chart of them that you get. Mm -hmm. So there's, uh, you know, like power armor has its own tree. Uh, Spider powers have their own where you can pick things off of them, but then they level as you get different levels. So you can have like uh, spider agility at one rank one, rank two, rank three. There's a bunch of webbing powers. That's a little bit different, where instead of just having all of these powers to pick from, you get a kit of them. And travel powers are just considered utility powers that you can take. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how it plays out when, when, when you run us through it next week. I'm, I'm excited to kind of see um, how, how it works in application. I think some of the issues that you brought up uh, as far as like, um, you know, the the kind of iconic Marvel characters seem like they made some odd choices and how they convert them over. I think if you're running your own characters, which a lot of people, you know, that won't that won't be such an issue. Right. Um, no, I agree with you. Yeah. So when you're making your own characters, that whole that won't be such a big deal. And I, I do think one of the things they suggested earlier on is important is that you, you need to have an idea. Everybody needs to be on the same page. What type of uh, um, campaign yeah, it's going to be? Is yeah, it going to be yeah. a bunch of, of, you know, new warriors or teen titans that are going to be low rank and, and kind of being out there for the first time? Is it going to be, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor hopping around dealing with Thanos and and you're gonna have some differences in rank, but you probably need to make sure that your PCs are all within. I mean, what do you think? Within five ranks of each other, probably. Yeah, because otherwise it's gonna be wild shifting. If you had a rank twenty and a rank ten in the same oh, yeah. team, yeah, it's gonna get crazy. And one thing is also is that if your health is ever ever depleted, uh, at least from from what I've read, I haven't read all of it, but from what I've read is that your hero becomes unconscious. It does it doesn't mean you're dead. Right. Uh, it just means you've been knocked out. Um, and and I didn't actually don't think I saw any death mechanics in what I've read so far. Are are there any in there? I haven't seen any. Yeah. So I think it's they're going again, kind of like a TSR. 
kind of, you know, more, you know, bright four color hero, you know, people get knocked out and sure the you know, Spider-Man might get knocked out, but the rest of the Avengers are going to, uh, you know, carry the rest of the day after he goes down type of thing. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to play it. I, I'm, I'm already thinking about character ideas. I would be happy to run it. We just, our problem is finding time when Aaron can play. Yeah, Aaron. <laughs> Stupid That's Aaron. Blame it on me, guys. <laughs> Isn't we, that what are, we do? We, we are just we did. wrong? We just did. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, I mean, well, we'll talk about it later. I, I have some dates in, uh, in mind. But anyway. Um, All right. Well, yeah. Uh, and Paul, you, you, and, you and Aaron have not read any of the, the, the rules yet. Is that correct? I thumbed through it. I picked it up digitally this week and uh, I thumbed through it. I do have a question for you. Was the, because you got the, the uh, hardcover, print. right? I did. I ordered the print copy. Yeah. And it's same price as digital? It, was it nine ninety nine? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Same price. Yeah. And it's it's softback. It's you know it's it's not a you know they say in there like the the full rules will be in a you know large scale hardcover so it'll be it'll be fifty bucks I'm sure, uh, but the the play test was you know nine ninety nine. Yeah. One of the things I found interesting is right there in the introduction they have a section called which universe. Yeah. And they're very clear that they it's a whole Marvel multiverse. Whatever game you're playing is your GM's or I guess I think they call it the storyteller, your storyteller's universe. Whatever happens in the comics may or may not happen in there. And you they talk about being able to like take your character from your current campaign and moving into another storyteller's campaign as as them moving from, you know, one universe to another universe in the multiverse. Mhm. Yep. It's kind of cool. Uh, and I think it's interesting from what I could tell Marvel is actually making this. It's not, you know, in the past they've, they've, uh, you know, let the rights out to other companies, whether it be TSR, or Margaret Weiss games, but this looks like it's actually being made by Marvel. It's well, they have, they have some serious, you know, names in there like Matt Forbeck yeah, he's is one full, of the developers. Is it full moon? I think is where his company is. Uh, of full moon games i think but yeah i mean i've seen some other things i mean i remember when he made the uh, worked on the wild storm card game back in the 90s but um but i think it's actually no i agree with you marvel's making it themselves they don't yeah. have another company but they did hire oh yeah you know role-playing game talent they got good people for it. yeah they did yes yeah it's not not newbies uh who made it they, they've got some good names on it um i don't didn't recognize the other two i didn't recognize mike caps or john knee but uh, Matt Forbeck was a name I recognized. Well, assuming right. it's an interesting game and Wayne doesn't shit the bed as a DM, <laughs> you'll hear an actual play of it at some point. <laughs> I have faith in you, Wayne. I have faith in Wayne. Let's be honest. If I were to shit the bed as a D- GM, that would definitely hit the actual play. Well, fair. fair. There well, is yeah. no way you or Aaron would post that. You gotta, I mean, people love to look at an accent, right? Right. <laughs> uh, always slow down and watch. Uh, well, anyway. actually, you know what? what? Andrew, that is a good, very good transition into talking about this week's Batman Superman World's Finest. <laughs> because this book is a car wreck to me. And yet I can't well, look away because Dan Moore's art is so beautiful. The, the artwork is gorgeous, and it's it's deceptive because you're like, this is great. I must be enjoying this book, <laughs> but I'm not. And yeah. I'm like, what, what? Like at one point, Supergirl is flying through time, and I'm like, I don't uh-huh. remember her having that power, that that ability, because it's not explained. You know, so uh, this book written by Mark Wade and Dan Moore, 
And again, Dan Moore is not the problem here. And even though Mark Wade is, you know, one of our favorite writers, and we have been very much looking forward to to Mark Wade being on a a Superman book, um, you know, I think one of the Mark Wade's strongest aspects as a writer is characterization, character, mm-hmm. dialogue, interaction. So it's an interesting choice to put him on a book where he does no none of that, and just literally just nonstop stupid action. Yeah, there's no character, there's no development, there's no real like moments of of what you would consider I, Mark Wade type storytelling. I, I disagree with you a little bit there. Oh, go ahead. Because you know there is a nice scene where uh, uh, it is observed by Robin to Superman that you know Batman and Professor Caldwell are uh you know talking over each other yeah fair and you, that was a good point and you know superman's sitting there drinking his hot tea and you know it is it's what happens when you put two men who hate not being the smartest guy in the room together in one room and so that's a little bit of character that was right that was a good uh, scene that that scene i, I yeah. will say i enjoyed but no i to, to to the rest of it i absolutely agree it is a stunningly gorgeous book that is uh that is written in such a way that it almost feels like it's not Mark Wade writing the book. You know, I, yeah. I, it, it is not, it is not performing to his strengths. Uh, I, we're not getting a, yeah, I, I think there's an interesting story here, but you know, this just all of a sudden, Hey, you know, Supergirl can just fly through time. You know, uh, it just seems a weird thing. Well, and and the the thing way- Mark Wade knows Supergirl better than me. I am sure this has been established at some point in continuity, perhaps in the time period in which he's setting this book. I just don't remember it. And, you know, he writes it off as, you know, I'm following the tachyon trail of this historical, you know, um, item. But I'm like, I don't remember that being a thing either. It's it's so, I don't know, it's weird. Because there's so much potential here, but it's, it's really squandered. Well, and I, I had a real struggle with, you know, Supergirl is carrying Robin as she's, you know, flying to break the time barrier, which you would assume has some element of speed to it. But, you know, Robin's just dangling from her like he's standing in the sky. Yeah. You know, you would think that if she's having to fly fast enough to break the time barrier, you know, he would also be a little bit more, uh, you know, He'd be a, a little bit more uh, streamlined, yeah. right? I, I, I just I, I thought that was a, a really interesting thing. It's almost like you can break the time barrier just standing still. Yeah, so she's not like cradling him to protect him from the wind shear that would nope. rip his skin off. And nope, nope. I mean, he he. It is almost like she's dangling him to drop him, uh, yeah. and that they're not moving at any speed at all. That's what I thought was really weird about that. Now that's a Dan Mora thing. I mean, it's, that is the way it was drawn. So you, you got to put that on 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 his plate. But it's just it's it's super weird in the way that page is drawn, and it's super weird that no, this ability to just shift into to time is not more fully explained to the reader because it just seemed like it came out of nowhere. And you know, here's Paul and I, two longtime Superman Supergirl readers. And, you know, this is news to us. Yeah. Well, and then at the end of the book, on top of Supergirl and Robin flying through time, all of a sudden Felix Faust sends Batman, Billy Batson, and and Superman to hell. Straight to hell. And I'm like, was this... Not to be a jerk about it, 
because you know Mark Wade is you know has won way more comic book awards than I have <laughs> for his writing. But I remember when I was in middle school, I wrote a comic book. And in one of the issues of the comic book, the bad guy sent the superheroes to hell. And it occurs to me, like, that's what this book feels like. It feels like it was written by a child. Well, I remember complaining about your uh, your comic book on my the podcast that I had at that time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on funny books with Aaron and only Aaron. <laughs> it's, it's it's like this guy has never won a comic book award. Is what I said. It, it is exactly like that. <laughs> yeah, when 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 Batman and Superman are all of a sudden in hell, and I guess next issue they have to fight their way out of hell. I'm like, eh, you know what? I'm good. I'm done. I'm I'm done with this book. It, it is. Sadly, not of the quality that I want, that I was hoping it was going to be, given the creative team. And I don't get the impression that the storyline's going to go anywhere different than where it, it you know, it feels like. So I'm, I'm out on uh, Batman Superman, the world's finest. Well, I'm curious where you are on Batman the Night after uh, issue number four came out, starting a, uh, a new chapter in Bruce's journey. Uh I have uh, uh, have pretty strong feelings about this book, but Paul, I want to hear what you thought. Really? Um, for me, I... Uh, you know... For me, one of the... I would say the only negative thing I really have to say about this is that... I think one of the things that we liked about prior issues is that it felt like it was a fresh take on the origin mm-hmm. of Batman. With issue four, we get into retread territory, I feel. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I've read the story. I feel like I've seen the story in Batman Begins, referring right. back to our That's Christopher exactly Nolan conversation. What I, what I was, yeah, I, I, it felt very Christopher Nolan to me. Yeah. But I mean, I, and I don't feel like it's necessarily a bad thing, but I feel like it's starting to turn into wait for the trade material. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how about so you? You said you had strong feelings. Talk to me. I like this book a lot, um, and, and yeah, there was a lot that was familiar about the book. But I enjoyed the friendship that he made. I did too. Uh, and, and I enjoyed the uh, appearance of the bad guys and how his friend uses the bad guys to get what he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I, I, I dug that. I, I dug the, you know, the, their friendship, their experience. And now we've got this guy who, you know, is claiming to be Bruce's friend, joining him on his journey who uh you know is is at least manipulative and yeah. is probably up to no damn good. So you know I like that he has drawn a serpent to his chest. Um so I I'm I'm digging it. I I like this. Even though it was familiar I I like the take on it. Yeah, I don't disagree. You know so it's I'm, it, I'm it, in it's, for number 5. Yeah, it continues to yeah. remain high quality both in writing and art. And despite being retread territory, you know, I I mean, the entire, it's hard to, to not, right? Without just basically yeah. retconning Batman entirely and pissing right. pissing me off, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you know, I, I, I'm sure just like we, we knew Batman trained, right? With thieves and, and, right. and you know, and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, there was a fresh take in the first three issues on that aspect of, of Bruce Wayne's life. And I feel like that's probably what we'll get here, right? You know, retread territory, but with a fresh take on it. So it's still yeah. a very good series. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, Chip Zdarsky is coming on to, I think, is it Batman or Detective Comics? Um, I think, yeah, he's coming on to Batman. So, you know, it's kind of a good sign that the, he seems to have a firm grasp 
of the character. Yeah. Yep. Very good. Well, you know, there was the I thought Wayne was telling me to watch a show that, you know, hadn't happened yet. Uh, <laughs> he was actually asking me if I was going to read the CW comic uh, featuring the adventures of Superman and Lois. Uh, I am not reading the CW comics because I've not been happy with the artwork on those books. So uh, I skipped this one. But Wayne, Wayne, tell us all about this issue of Earth Prime, Superman and Lois number two. It, well, and this is the only one I'll be getting because all of the <laughs> other CW shows are horrible. <laughs> uh, the cover art on it was terrible and it made me rethink whether I was going to get it or not. But the interior art wasn't bad. I actually enjoyed some of it. Uh, it was interesting seeing a flashback of Clark shaving with the uh, with his heat vision and yet still looking like he hadn't shaved. Because even in the art, he has the uh, the five o'clock shadow going all the time. Uh, but the overall story, the first the big part of the book, the anniversary story, was not as good as the backups, which is unfortunate. Uh it's a simple story of Lois and Clark trying to have their first anniversary dinner after being married. And between the two of them, like four nights in a row, it doesn't work. And one of them doesn't show up at the restaurant. And it, so it becomes a tradition that they celebrate their anniversary on like day four or five after the anniversary by flying to Hawaii. Simple story. Lobo shows up, but really not much to that. The backup stories, though. The backup stories were interesting. The first one was a basically a story of Pa Kent and Clark. And it really went to remind me how much I hated the Snyderverse version of Jonathan Kent. Because this one, he's doing his best to keep Clark's secret. But when Clark saves someone and he apologizes for doing it out in the open, you know, he says what I would expect of Pa Kent to say. What were you supposed to do? Just let him die? <laughs> this is a Paw Kent that I can appreciate And I like seeing that in flashbacks uh, The other story though Was also very interesting uh, It is the story Of Superman In the universe with That Steel came from That John Henry Irons right. came from right. You see what brought him to that point That he sided with Tal And Right after the uh, the story with Jonathan Kent, that's one of the reasons why it was so so good and tied in so well. Is early in his life, there's a car wreck and the Kents die, and he goes into the foster system. So he was raised without the Kents, mm. and he was raised in a foster system that treated him horribly, and a government that tried to experiment on them when he found his powers. So even though he is he becomes Superman, he's trying to do good. When Tal comes to him, he basically is a Superman that is, he doesn't have that hope that our Superman does. It's still a bit much for him to turn as dark as he did in the show. Right. But but I liked seeing that version. It's the kind of story that I think these add to the show, but we don't need them in the show. Right. So I actually enjoyed the book. I The main story was more fluff and really not much there, but the two backups were good. And all the other CW shows are horrible, so I'm not watching it. <laughs> when was the last time you heard that on this podcast? The backups were good, but the main book story right. wasn't. I don't yeah, know that we've ever said never. those words. <laughs> yeah, so no, I'm not going to pick up any more of these, but I don't regret this one. 
I said the main story yeah. was fluff, but the backups were good, and I I did enjoy reading the backups. Okay, good deal. Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, I hope your wallet is ready, people. Next week is a big, big, big week. We have Death of the Justice League in Justice League number 75. We have the new issue of Action Comics featuring the continuation of the War World Saga. We have Dark Knights of Steel issue 6 continuing that awesome storyline as well from Tom Taylor. We have the next two parts of Shadow War in Deathstroke Incorporated number 8 and Robin number 13. We have the second issue of Rogues from Joshua Williamson, um, you know, featuring that black label take on The Flash's Rogues. We have the final issue of The Joker from, Tame, from James Tinian and Sam Johns, um, and, you know, also featuring the backup uh, with Punchline in it. That's all from DC Comics. From Marvel Comics, we have the first issue of the relaunch of The Amazing Spider-Man from Zeb Wells and John Romita Jr., the second issue of Jason Aaron's um, Punisher arc. And the fourth issue of Silver Surfer Rebirth. Damn. And the 750th issue of Thor from Donny Cates and a whole slew of other people. This is the funeral for Odin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be. That's the one that's going to strike your wallet. Yeah. That's right. Um, and from non-Marvel and non-DC, we have Godzilla versus Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, issue two of five. And the final issue, finally, of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin. Wow. So I was, I was thinking at first, Paul, I was like, well, he's saying all these books that I'm not going to get. But then you kind of got to the ones I'm buying. So I'm up to at least six of what you said that I'm getting. It's a very expensive week coming up. Yeah. You know, we I don't think we talked about it on the show, but that Rogues book, I really enjoyed. I did, too. It, it, you yeah. know, uh, it, it feels it's funny to me because it's black label in the fact that there's like right. two F-bombs in it. But if they just like put squigglies through them yeah. or little symbols, uh-huh. that would just be a yeah. regular book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really I enjoyed good. the take. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for for number for the for the next up ep- for the next episode the, the next issue. Uh, there's a lot there from DC and Marvel that I'm super interested in. Uh, golly, it's gonna be expensive. Yeah, week. it's gonna be a big gonna one. Is to anyone gonna read Death of Justice League with me? I am. Sweet. I am. I'm not intending to unless you guys come back and say this was incredible. And I'll, I'll read it Tuesday it. and I'll let you know. But <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna question it. Hmm. Paul <laughs> is not a reliable source. <laughs> He's not wrong. Hey, we want to know what you thought about this week's books and what you're going to think about next week's books. Give us a call, 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. If we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise, which could be Mexican potatoes. You don't know. Oh, I don't know that those will they ship, ship well. They ship really well. Oh, they ship they? really well. <laughs> you can also hit us up on social media, IOMGeek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. What a deal. Well, guys, I'm going to go make breakfast tacos. Yeah. Great. All right. I'll, I'll, I'm over, <laughs> yeah. I'll be there 15 minutes. I'll, I'll be right, right there. Yeah. I'll unlock the front door for you, Andrew. <laughs> but not for Paul. <laughs> I'll relock it after Paul you're in. Paul can hang it in his ear. Paul only comes in the back door. We know that. Fair point. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.